The deadly fire at Loafers Lodge has raised questions about the rights of residents living there and other boarding houses. What happens if they've paid rent up front? Is the building owner obliged to help them find replacement accommodation or could they be entitled to any compensation? Oscar Upperton is a senior lawyer at Community Law in Wellington and he joins us now. Kia ora, Oscar. Kia ora. Are boarding house residents, are they tenants for the, for the purpose of rental law? Yes, as long as they're intending to stay at the property or they stay at the property, in fact, uh, for more than 28 days, then they're covered just like any other tenant. Okay, so what rights does that afford them? Well, uh, their landlord has the same obligations that any other landlord would have, so they need to provide the property in a clean state. Uh, They need to repair and maintain it. They need to provide it with working and compliant smoke alarms. And they also need to comply with all other laws, like, for example, the Building Act. So what happens if there is a catastrophic event that means the property is uninhabitable, which is the situation that the tenants now face? Yes, so any tenant, um, if a property is uninhabitable, any tenant can give two days' notice to end their tenancy and their rent abates accordingly. So if they've already paid some rent up front, they should get that rent back. If they're currently paying rent, their rent can stop from that date. Okay, and what about any potential claims from the tenants? Is there any um, is there any option for them there? They've been displaced from their homes. They may have to go into more expensive accommodation, and in some cases, obviously, no fault of their own. Yeah, absolutely. So, unfortunately, um, for those tenants, they have to find their own accommodation so it's not on the landlord to find them a place to live i am really glad to hear from um the different news stories that there are a lot of people people trying to help these displaced tenants find somewhere to live because it's obviously a really an emergency situation for them um in terms of compensation that's really going to be hopefully clearer in the next wee while once we start to understand the causes of this fire and what was going on in that building because certainly tenants can claim damages and compensation if landlords breach the law. Um, of course, we're just not in the position to say what's what's happened here yet. Absolutely. But if there is a fault found on someone's part, on a landlord's part in any case, if your possessions are destroyed, does that mean you have a comeback then? Yes. So, for example, um, if it's found that a landlord has breached uh, a relevant Um, other piece of law like the Building Act, for example, or if a landlord hasn't provided compliant smoke alarms um, and that causes some kind of harm to the tenant, then they can claim damages um, because of that breach, but they can also claim compensation for something that they've lost, um, which could be, for example, belongings. Can you tell us anything, Oscar, about the requirement to have on-site managers where you have multiple tenants in a building like this? Is there any legal requirement for that? Well, there's a requirement to provide the place um, in a safe way and also to make sure that people are following house rules. Um, What that means in a specific situation is really going to depend on how the building is set up, uh, the number of tenants there and those kinds of things. But certainly there's a lot more obligations on a boarding house landlord than on a regular landlord because you can imagine if you've got a whole lot of different households or different people living in one building with shared facilities, there's just a bit of a higher risk of something going wrong. Yeah, okay. So if there is a higher bar and a higher responsibility, I'm wondering if they're held to it, though, because 
my observation would be there's a huge disparity in power. Some of these people, this is accommodation yes. of last resort. What are your thoughts on that? Yes, I completely, I completely agree with that, and that's something that we certainly see at community law, is that we um, we understand what people's legal rights are, um, but actually getting those enforced is really, really difficult. And as you say, there's um, there's a real power imbalance. And in the case of a boarding house tenancy, uh, a landlord can end that tenancy for no reason with 28 days notice. Um, that's in contrast to uh, a more regular kind of tenancy where a landlord has to fit into a specific category in order to end the tenancy. Does that so seem you can fair, that- Oscar? Does that seem fair that they can toss you out in 28 days with no reason whatsoever but other people can't be treated like that in tenancies? No, I, I don't think that's fair at all. Um, and like you say, it's a situation where people are in these properties because they don't have anywhere else to go. I mean, another example is transitional and emergency housing, which is specifically exempted from our tenancy laws, despite that being almost by definition where our most vulnerable people are going to be living. So in your view, do we need to amend some of the rules and laws around the tenancies? Yes, certainly. And um, community laws, uh, community law Aotearoa has um, submitted quite extensively on some of the different changes that we could be seeing. Um, one of them that's that's really front of mind for me, because I know this property was used at some point as emergency housing, is either including emergency and transitional housing in the Residential Tenancies Act, where it's currently exempted from, or at least providing a proper and enforceable code for those housing providers. Thank you so much for your time, Oscar. That is Oscar Upperton, who's a senior lawyer at Community Law in Wellington.